0: This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for entrepreneurs and creatives online. I'm Sarah Tasker and this is episode 67. Hey everybody, so this week's episode is a little bit different to usual. It's a live recording that I did with my friend and the brilliant best-selling author, Laura Jane Williams, from the very first day of my Hashtag Authentic book promotional tour that sounds super fancy but all it really is is me chatting to people who I love in bookstores around the UK. Laura was absolutely the hostess with the mostess for this event in Manchester I really can't thank her enough and as you're going to hear in the recording she made the audience feel just as at home and as welcome as I did upon that little stage with her. Because this is a live recording and we were using various different microphones to usual, there may be a bit of a difference in sound quality and occasional technical hiccups in some of these episodes, but I really hope that you enjoy the conversations and the different energy that comes from recording in a room full of like-minded, hopeful creatives. So here is
1: my book launch event. My name is Laura-Jane Williams. I am an author and a national columnist. Here this evening with my friend Sarah Tasker of At Me and Orla, Sarah Tasker runs a £250,000 business from her phone as a wife and a mother whilst managing a chronic illness and still being a person who notices the colour of the sky. Welcome to Sarah Tasker. This is your own episode of the Hashtag Authentic Podcast. (laughs) It's like this is your life. Do I get a book? I I got a book. (laughs) This is going to be super informal chat. As a listener, I would say probably your number one listener. I want to ask you all of the things that I think many of your other listeners would like to ask you. Well, that's why you're here. <laughs> well, and you'd, you'd why, get to the good stuff. Is that why you bought me dinner? Yeah, yeah pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a sweet Is news. this the point at which, like, can I tell them what happened? Of, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the tone. that sets the tone. I sets the tone so for the whole before evening. I invite you to give a reading from your own book, I insisted on having pudding. We just went to Jamie's Italian, of course. And as I had my pudding, Sarah went downstairs to get changed. And she said, well, if I can't do up my zip, you'll ha- I said, well, I'll just do it here. Just give me back a wink. Back zips. Like, J- the back who designed zip. the yeah. back zip? I said, just give me a wink and a nudge. Anyway, balls deep in tiramisu, sue Yeah, Didn't notice she needed a dress doing up. And it was down to a nickeline at the back. <laughs> And then I couldn't do it. So I had to cover her as we walked through Jamie's restaurant <laughs> into the toilet. Still couldn't do it. I said, if I ask for permission, she won't let me do this. I said, I'll be right back. I bought the manageress. <laughs> and she did she it. Was Didn't she was yeah. excellent. She's got,
0: not only is she good at managing Jamie Italian. But actually, she's got dress skills.
1: But she's got dress skills, yeah. She did it right up, put me to shame. And then I finished my tiramisu, so it was a story (laughs) with a happy ending for both of us. Hopefully, someone from Jamie's
0: is listening and now they understand the context of me being semi-naked in In, a Manchester
1: restaurant. (laughs) A bit of advertising there. Speaking (laughs) of which, how's your wine? yes! (laughs) Yeah, all right, so the way that getting free stuff for stuff like book launchers works is... If you wanted to just give a little cheers on your Instagram and say, "Oh, at Mirabeau Wines, lovely," <laughs> it's on the <laughs> we would be forever in your debt. It is the right kind of rose as well. I
0: feel I have to say, Joe and I have a bit of a rose scale, and the more sure. dark the pink, the less enjoyable the rose. So it's right up there at the top.
1: I mean, they all seem very happy. <laughs> would you do us the honour of reading the first part? Of your book?
0: She's marked for me here where I should read to, and it's not even her book. It's not <laughs> my copy! <laughs> so. By the conventional rule book, I should never have found success. Small, socially awkward, and devoid of any real self belief, I made none of the life choices that could facilitate my dreams coming true. I thought I might make a good photographer, but I didn't dare choose to study it at university. I loved to write and considered journalism, but there was no way I could move to London to await a break that would probably never arrive. Instead, I built a quiet, simple life for myself and squashed those dreams down into hobbies that never asked me to try. I told myself all the bigger dreams were for other types of people, those from wealthier families with better health, mindsets and opportunities. And then Instagram changed my world. That sounds ridiculous, I know, to give so much credit to a free app that we all have on our phone. And yet, it is utterly true. Starting my account, beginning to take photos and share tiny fragments of my thoughts was the catalyst to everything unfolding for me. The tightly scrunched paper ball of my life being spread open and full, like the uncharted territory on a long forgotten map. I was on maternity leave from my National Health Service job, learning the ropes of being a mother and feeling utterly and hopelessly lost. I hated being in our inner city home, looking out onto concrete and other people's walls. I missed my job, my patience, my sense of usefulness. I missed my identity out of, outside of this new role of motherhood that, like my postpartum wardrobe, just didn't seem to fit how I'd imagined. I sat at home under a sleeping newborn and wondered how I would tell her about all the talents and skills that I'd secretly possessed but never thought to put to use. Trapped in this bubble with whole days fuzzing by, I turned to my phone for some solace and company, and that's how I discovered Instagram.
1: is where I would like to start really is at the beginning all right this comes with sort of uh, uh, there's a reason I'm asking this question it's so interesting to me that you this your account which is like what a quarter of a million users worldwide now like numbers most people dream of I hit 10k and got the swipe up button and was like (laughs) I made it (laughs)
0: Yeah, it was, it was kind of a lifeline to me, like, for a long time I used to think that my first book would be about how Instagram could be therapy, because it felt like it was for me, Mm. and it kind of is in some ways, the book kind of has that message kind of woven through it, um, it was a house I hadn't chosen, I hadn't decorated it, I had no say in it and it never felt like home to me but I could make tiny pockets of it feel like home. Mm -hmm. I could put things on a shelf and the sunlight would come in and it would just for one moment in the afternoon feel like home and so I'd take a picture and that was what made it to Instagram and some days it wasn't even anything that lovely and it was literally just like all I've done today is eat a banana so here is a picture of a banana but it kept me, it gave me a sense of momentum and it kind of You look back over that gallery after a month or two of doing that and you have a highlight reel. You have all the best bits of the Mm. last few days brought together and that brings its own momentum, I think.
1: Mm. And that's highlight reel, not as a dirty word. We very much, there's two kind of schools of Instagram (laughs) thought, I think, that You've got the Instagram is bad. It's a highlight reel. Nobody's life looks like that. Even if you saw 30 Instagram stories of somebody's day, that still equates to like seven minutes of their day and there's 24 hours in a day. It's bad, bad, bad. But I think the reason that I'm drawn to you um, and the work that you do is that you teach me how to see the beautiful even in something that all right, you, you don't feel great. You do feel a little bit crappy, but it's searching out the beautiful moments, you know, and beauty is there if you look hard enough. It's everywhere
0: if you look and concentrate hard enough. And yeah. like to answer to that idea that a highlight reel is inherently bad, I don't think it's something all that new. I think it's something we all do automatically like how many people go into work after the weekend and talk about the awful bits the yeah. argument with their partner or yeah. like the dog being sick or yeah <laughs> like you don't you tell them the lovely things that happened mm. you've put on the outfit in the morning that you think looks the best and if it didn't you took it off and put something else on we are all constantly trying to present a curating. highlight reel curating, oh, our, life, curating our life curating how yeah. we're received and Actually, if you're only doing that for seven minutes of the day to someone, you're probably doing it less than you are face-to-face.
1: Yes, yeah. It's like uh, I don't go to a party and tell you about... I can't think of an example of (laughs) a bowel movement, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) LAUGHTER It's very
0: nerve-wracking being on stage. Whatever that story is, I now want to hear it.
1: (laughs) But, like, I don't go to a dinner party and tell you about the the ins and outs of whatever. I go and I tell you about this amazing restaurant that I went to and where my dress is from. And, you know, what I think about the Home Secretary's verdict on keeping terrorists out, I don't know. (laughs) But that is a curation of my personality to the forward-facing world. Exactly. It is the same thing. It's just a really
0: human thing. Nobody feels safe necessarily presenting everything, warts and all, to the whole mm. world. But I actually think something like Instagram and social media in general can create a safe space where you can try that out mm. and where you can kind of test out little parts of your vulnerability and see how it's received and maybe oh, find for space sure. for more of your whole self. Yes. And one of the things I hear from so many of the women like, that take my classes or that I meet at events like this is they have. end up with this kind of disconnect between the people who know them in real life and the people who know them through something mm. like Instagram. And they have this terror of how the real-life people are perceiving their Instagram self because yeah. they don't think they match up. But I would say of the two, probably the Instagram self is the freer one, the one that's who they are when they are not mm. confined by everyone else's expectations, mm. everybody else's kind of pressure, that, that social pressure that you so often feel, especially as a woman, face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really interesting that the narrative
1: still always flips that around and says social media is false, social media is bad. Right, yeah. I suppose it's kind of like, poor example, but it's kind of like road rage. (laughs) That I can be as polite as you like in real life, but get me behind the wheel and suddenly I, I, I acquire my mother's mouth. I'm swearing at everybody. I would never do that face to face. But that's the free bit. That's the, like, you cut me off and I'm like... No, I'm mean, never making rude signs or whatever, but I'm definitely like muttering to myself. The real Laura. Yeah, that's the that's the real Laura. Whoops. And so, who is it that follows you? Who who are your community that are getting off on this? Roar? <laughs> that's a separate side of it. That's a... Who are? Let's rephrase. Um, who are these people who I would rather suspect? are engaging their own personal freedoms by watching you. Like you say, you try it out. You do a little bit of vulnerability here, a little bit of vulnerability there. That's, I love people that share themselves because that kind of feels like permission for me to share myself. So what's your experience of your own community? Is that a kind of a bit of
0: marketing adage now, isn't it? But your community is usually people who are exactly like you. So mm. mainly female, but not exclusively um, a lot of parents, but again, not exclusively. But I think you have to be someone who doesn't mind a bit of parenting content to stick around on yeah. my account, because it's always there. Um, uh, I mean, the clue's in the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me and my child. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the thing that kind of ties us all together, I suppose, is the sense of creativity and the sense of kind of purpose that's maybe not being fulfilled. And I think so many people can relate to that, that they've kind of followed the path that they've been told to follow and decided on the job at sixth form and then did the university course Mm. and then went to where they were supposed to be. And then you find yourself in this point in life where you think, is this definitely it? Because I feel like I have all these other talents I've not put to use. Mm
1: -hmm. And so let's unpick, because I I was asking my own Instagram community um, earlier on what they would like to ask you. And several of the questions came back to, but you were in the NHS, how, like, how does one make a link, a leap from the NHS to Instagram? So I think
0: what I did in the NHS and what I do now are not as far apart as they might seem on the surface. Mm. I've given this some thought. So my role in the Is there anyone here from speech therapy? <laughs> ah, <woo-hoo. laughs> um... So, Do you know Sarah my, in real life from speech no, therapy? This is oh. Elaine and Haley. These are like my two fades. Um, <laughs> Elaine was like my manager. So I worked helping children to communicate. Um, I worked in special school three days a week and I did early years for the other two days a week. And it was mainly children on the autistic spectrum or with disabilities. A lot of the time they literally were unable to communicate, physically unable to communicate. And I helped them find other ways. And a lot of that was to do with pictures and symbols and graphics and visuals. And Mm -hmm. some of it was to do with technology Mm -hmm. and iPads. But all of it was about, I have this message stuck inside of me. You were sat there. How do I tell you I'm too hot? how do I tell you that last night was exciting? How do I get these things, these concepts out across the room to you? And I don't think it's all that different because the barrier here is the screen. The barrier mm. is the internet connection, but it's still the the question of how do I communicate it? And I always think that, I mean, I love words. Words are like my first passion in the creative world. But pictures are just as an effective communication tool. Yeah. And what I sort of talk about in the book, things like how to get the best picture, the clearest picture... That is like your spelling and grammar. That's how you shape your communication tool to be as clear and consistent and be as well understood as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. But then after that, what you say with it is completely open.
1: Mm. That is interesting. Yeah, it's been there all along. It's just how it's manifested. Yeah,
0: I've just always been nerdy about communication and how we do it and always Mm. watching, right back to school, always watching, like, how do people... Communicate. What works? What doesn't? And mm. why? And why do people connect or not connect?
1: Mm. And um, I said this before the dress debacle at, at Jamie's. Um, that I, you've taken one of my writing classes before, so uh-huh. I knew your words. And actually, you sent me the introduction. Way before you went to print, you were like, just have a look at this, you know, tell me I'm not insane, basically. um, as all writers will want to do. Validate me, please. (laughs) Before the world Tell me I'm good. Before Amazon does (laughs) or doesn't, as the worry always is. Hey, if you buy the book, review the book on Amazon, it helps. I was really pleasantly taken aback by the poetry to your words. Like I knew the imagery was there, but you've written something with like It's real soul. Thank you. And I feel bad for being like, like, really took me by surprise. But (laughs) it's it's like,
2: but what I mean by that is
1: even better than anything that I'd read. Like, I think it might be when it works with the images. I just, I, I... like, no wonder you're a sellout, doll. No wonder mm. they've run out of copies to sell people.
0: I think Isn't they've beautiful? ordered a reprint, but, you know, feel free to rush and, and
1: buy one to Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pre-order on Amazon so they know to print more. Keep, keep ordering. What I would like to talk about is that you have a chronic illness. Yes. So all of this is done in amongst being out of commission some days. Can you tell us about your chronic illness? And then I would kind of like to unpick how you've designed your work to kind of fit in Yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I've
0: had to build a business that works around my strengths and my weaknesses, and I always say that because I think people think I've built this business model that you could pick up and, and transfer and, and people kind of think that they should copy it, but the secret is actually building a business that works to your needs and your strengths and weaknesses. So oh, but
1: that's so hard. That's so I much know. self-reflection. I, know, I just I can't. want you to do the work <laughs> and then I'll copy <laughs> And then uh, I'll be uh, amazing as well. If it was that simple, it would, that course really would be on sale. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: Um, so I have something called dysautonomia. It's also known as POTS, which stands for postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Basically, if I'm lying down, and doing all right. As soon as I stand up, everything goes to shit. And so postural, the longer I'm upright the worse it gets. And your autonomic nervous system, which is the dysautonomia, is responsible for things like temperature control, blood pressure, heart rate, digestion, sleep, all the good stuff. Yeah, And that's all out of whack. So some days are fine. Some days I feel like a relatively normal human. Most days are not fine. I sleep probably, how much, what percentage of the time would you say I'm in bed? Just asking my husband. 70? Yeah, seven, yeah maybe, maybe over 60% of the day. 60% of the day in bed. And I don't think people realize that, but this is why it's all on my phone, because I needed a job that I could do
1: lying down and make one. Yeah, <laughs> good for you. So then what does your average day look like?
0: <sighs> it's quite vulnerable. Okay, um, I've probably sleep quite late. For like 10.30, not a morning person. Very common with POTS. A lot of people lose jobs because they can't get to work on time. Um, Until they're diagnosed and then Mm realise. Then I will do a bit of work on my phone while I try and come around. And then shower, brush my hair, that's it. Then I need to lie down. Mm. That's Especially, I can't even stand up to shower. I have to sit down to shower.
1: Mm. Because we've talked about that as being spoons. Spoon theory. So the last time that I saw... um, that I saw Sarah I went up before Christmas we were making Christmas reads together and went out for a cup of 11 tea. Out of 10. 11 out of 10 yours was. 11. <laughs> I was really not that I'm competitive <laughs> right but I might have been throwing a bit of a mod because I've not been making reads my whole life and so mine was not brilliant and then Orla came through and I said Orla I've got a bit of a problem I don't think mine's very good can you give me a mark out of 10. Well, she gave me 11. <laughs> oh, wow. Turned everything around. And turned everything around, Yeah, so I was able to take my wreath home then and display it proudly, my 11 <laughs> out of 10 wreaths. Uh, very generous. But, yeah, we said the, the, the spoons theory. Yeah. So my mum has got cerebral palsy. And I grew up... I don't remember anybody ever explaining that my mum had a disability in terms of what it was, what it meant... Um, in a lot of ways, I think I was just expected to intrinsically know. And it's only been this past kind of two years as we've talked more about intersectional feminism, um, especially like online, this idea that your feminism isn't feminism unless it brings along people who aren't just white, able-bodied, slim, slim, <laughs> yeah. So it's been really interesting for me to unpick this idea of disability and how my mum's experience of being a woman, sorry, that's my fault with the mics, how my experience of being a woman is different to her experience. And I came across the spoons theory of energy that if we're all given five spoons when we wake up in the morning, I might not spend an energy spoon until lunchtime when I have an argument with somebody and it kind of knocks the wind out of me. But for example, for my mum, Getting out of bed and having a shower, she spent a spoon. Spilling a cup of tea on the way to the sofa, she spent another spoon. So by the time she gets to the argument at lunchtime, she's already... Negative spoons. Negative spoons. (laughs) And so when we were talking about where we were going to eat, and you said, can we do Jamie's? It's round the corner, then I don't have to spend any spoons. The spoon theory. It's so helpful. It gives you, like, a solid way of talking about
0: this kind of ephemeral thing of, like, energy units because we don't think about life that way. I remember the first time I played The Sims and they kind of work that way. You back up all the jobs they've got to do in a day but then they run out of energy at certain periods and you have to kind of keep refilling them and it really made sense to me for the first time. I was like, this is how I have to live my life. This is. I am a sim.
1: You can get up in a more. You're a sim. (laughs) I'm a sim. But then the, the, the admirable thing about you is that you speak so eloquently about it and so honestly about it that even, um, I do not have a chronic illness, but it still makes me aware of my own spoon spendage, that um, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Save your energy yes. for what you yeah. want to achieve in a day, or what you must achieve in a day, or your you know, definition of priority, pri, one. It's not a bi-ority or a tri-ority. A priority means one thing. Do, you know, your, your most important thing a day. You talk about, you, you permit me to prioritise. I know, what me as well, mate. <laughs> I'm telling her that it's okay to prioritise and say no to stuff and get your work done, make a shit ton of money. Get out, live a life, <laughs> go and look at the colour of the sky. Like, it didn't come easily to me, that no. idea of like, there's an, I think there's so much guilt. And I mean, I am talking about it very, I, you know, uh, I appreciate the gravity of your situation, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't by any means, you know. It's,
0: I mean, I'm, I'm actually really glad to hear that because I, I wish someone had modelled it to me in a way that, yeah. that meant I hadn't had to go through that really difficult process of being feeling incredibly guilty about how little I can do in a day, especially before I had a diagnosis. And like when I worked for the NHS, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I just knew I needed a lot of naps in the car in between appointments. Sure. And it's very easy to go from that to lazy, this idea of lazy. It's very easy to then, when but you're working... What is this, lazy? I don't believe it exists. I genuinely no longer believe it exists because I think if you're motivated to do something and you're able to do something, you're going to do it. And if neither of those things are there, or if one of those things is missing and it's not happening... Then there's a problem there's a problem mm. that you need to overcome and and it all comes back to this kind of victorian work ethic doesn't yeah. it this you know use all your spoons in a day well yeah.
1: who, who wins if you do that
0: it's yeah. not you it's not your family well, and
1: who was using all the spoons back at the industrial revolution yeah. it wasn't the man running the factory no. was it exactly exactly <laughs> it was everybody else So I think it's it's turning turning all of that on
0: its head and that's kind of the stage that we're at and that's one of the amazing things about kind of the businesses that you and I have and I know a lot of people here have, where you're able to take it all back to the start and say these are the tasks that need doing, how do I want to structure that over the year, over the week, how do I want to build my life, how do I work best, when do I work best and then how do I build something with meaning and purpose yeah. from all of those components. Mm. Someone said on my Instagram post today, actually, um, it was Kat Golding, if she's listening, and she said that she admired, she, she said something like, a few times it's taken my breath away, your um, single-minded determination. And I thought that was really interesting because it's not something I realised people saw in me. It's definitely true. Yeah. And it's true for another little one as well. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a choice. Um I mean, Rory and I were talking about it earlier and it's almost like, most of the time I can't do anything, so I don't do anything. So it's the things that I feel super driven to do that are ones that you see out there in the world. Mm. And in a weird way, it's like a filter system. It's, mm. If it matters enough, it gets done. And actually, that
1: means I'm not doing all the other stuff that doesn't matter. Yeah. And with the success of your business, you know, at the end of 2017, it was when you went online and said, I've made 200 grand this year. And then I saw you a few months later and you went, it was actually closer to 250 (laughs) by the time the financial year had closed off at the end of March. So I wonder if this kind of like single-minded determination for everything that we're sold, particularly as women, you know, nice girls are all things to all people. Mm -hmm. You've been put in a situation where you've had to go, I can't be all things to all people. I choose this, this and this. And then smashed it out of the park. The ball's gone over the boundaries. <laughs> it was kind of an accident though. Like
0: that makes it sound like there was no strategy and there's always strategy because that's disgust, the kind disgust. of person because I am. Because
1: that is a lot of the questions that I've had as well. It's like, but how? But how? <laughs> how has she done it? So can you give us an insight into like, what is, what is the vision for what you do? Well, it was never about
0: money. It was never, it was, yeah, Of course. it started out as, I need an escape from this reality. So here's Instagram. And then it, like I had, my news resolution was I wanted 1,000 followers. And that was literally because it had taken me about a week to realize the little orange hearts at the bottom meant something. And I was like, these are nice. I have a few more of these. Sure. Um, and then it was, oh, actually, you know, other people that seem to be like quite successful from this and getting free shoes, I want some free shoes. That would make me feel like, because I was on maternity leave, I had no money, Yeah. I had no luxuries. And the idea of a free pair of shoes was, like, the ultimate I'll take a
1: free cheese sample at Safeway. <laughs> free. Like, if I'm not yeah. paying, I'll have it.
0: So it was kind of, there was always these little kind of micro goals that I was working towards. And then it was, okay, well, maybe I can make enough to leave my day job and stay at home with Orla.
1: Because you were already on maternity. Had you gone back to so day So then I went job? back. Right.
0: There was kind of a year or two where I was back juggling it all because it wasn't making enough to be, and it didn't exist, like, if I'd I remember saying to one of my friends I think I feel like Instagram that might be like the thing I do next and she was a bit like right okay <laughs> good luck darling <laughs> yeah. but um so yeah it, it's just kind of that combination I think of vision and gut instinct and self belief and if you'd asked me I would have said I had very little of all three of those things mm. but when it's right you know it's right so I just kept Working to the next goal. And at no point was it I want to make six figures. That wasn't, it didn't matter. All I needed to do was make enough to cover my half of the bills and feel like I was contributing. And was that
1: through brand, traditional brand deals? When I doing... first left. Yeah. Um, In order for you to go, I'd like to make a bit of change. That bit of change was brand deals.
0: The original plan was brand deals, but I very quickly realized that I didn't like being solely dependent on other people using my voice. Because it's very difficult if you you need to put food on the table that month, and then the only pitch that lands in your inbox is for something that doesn't feel like it's quite the right fit for you and your audience. Mm. That makes you puts you in an awkward position. Yeah, that me. you love this brand of dog food, but you've <laughs> not got a job. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> if I did, <laughs> if, you know, the landlord's knocking on the door for the rent bill. What are you going to do? Yeah. So no, absolutely no judgment on people who. Do need to make that work, but it was so unc- And I'd built this platform and this voice for myself, and I was like, this is not what I made it for, like, to sell it out to the highest bidder.
1: Yeah. So it's a finite resource as yeah, well. If yes. you're not providing value for follow, and you the, the trust that your account has, if you use that trust up on something you don't believe in, yeah. the trust disappears, and then you've got nothing to trade.
0: And you're in a really vulnerable position because of that, I think. Like, your only asset, really that you actually own as an influencer or as a, a blogger or whatever we're talking about here is your audience's trust. You don't own your followers, like Mark Zuckerberg owns them and he could take them off you tomorrow. Yeah, You don't own it. Nobody owes you their time or attention. All you have is that relationship and that trust. And if you violate that and you squander it or mm. even inadvertently break that trust... You, you're back to square one the brand's fine they'll be off onto
1: the next influencer and dust themselves off but you can have lost everything mm. so what was the next step realizing that brand work for you wasn't a sustainable source of income so
0: that was when I was like okay I need something that I have my own agency with so it became it was going to be the Instagram e-course there were post-its all over my wall it was all planned out but it, I just didn't feel like I had I didn't have the understanding of what questions my audience had. I had the knowledge to share, but I didn't know how to shape it so that it was useful to people. So I did a year of one-to-one mentoring via Skype. And I used to drive to Manchester because all I was at childcare in Manchester, drive from Yorkshire to Manchester, drop her off, go and sit in a cafe and do these Skype calls with my headphones and dodgy cafe Wi-Fi, pick her up, drive home, and then just blog all night for, like, sponsored content. And that was my life for a year and a half, maybe two years, until I was like, now I'm ready to write that course.
1: Yeah, kind of creating the hunger as well.
0: Yeah, and building my authority and kind of, I I needed to have that experience to be able to put out a digital product, especially at that time, like everyone has courses now and it's a much more accepted way of learning and sharing information, but back then it felt like it came to everyone out of left field and a lot of people were like, really, an e-course? An Instagram e-course?
1: What's an e-course? What's <laughs> yeah. a webinar? What's a webinar? I've had to a say, I've never done a webinar. Yeah. Hope to never do a webinar, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I find it very stressful. That's a lot of people to have in my living
2: room. Well, yeah. And I don't for a mind. while when I
1: moved, I had talk, talk, internet. Well, don't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: the moral of that. So even the guy installing it went, you know, they just buy it off BT. You're better off having BT internet. <laughs> yeah, went very stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Yeah. I- and you sort of done up in your best lipstick. Yeah, just to hear And then and you then just got no pants on. Yeah. <laughs> yes, pyjamas. <laughs> yes pajamas
0: I don't mind an Instagram live or a Facebook live with your community but when I think of a webinar I think of that very hard sell it's like do you remember the timeshare pictures that people used to get roped yeah. into yeah and they'd get you in for like two hours and meet you I never went to one but I heard about them yeah you get some dodgy wine and you'd have to sit there and it was just being sold to yeah and that's that's all the webinar is yeah those ones you sign up to on Facebook that promise to like triple your Facebook growth yeah they're just a hard sell and again, like it, this isn't a judgment on people who use them and use them well in their business. But I never wanted to build something that required me to manipulate
1: people in yeah. order to
0: be successful.
1: My whole thing, and I said this even from trying to sell my first book, was my rocket ship is going to the moon. You want to see or you don't. I'm not selling you on. Beautiful. And it's like you're in or you're out. I aren't bothered. But if yeah. you're in, strap up because we're off. And I think sometimes that attitude is p- people go,
2: oh, I want to miss out. <laughs> yeah. And so they
1: hop aboard, which is way better than um, th- that feeling of, well, uh, I feel obliged. Yeah. yeah. Well, and marketing
0: and psychology overlap somewhere in the middle. And it's very easy, I think, with selling and with marketing to slip into that world of, like, pulling people's strings and making them behave the way you need or want them to. And... I think that's why so many of us have shame around business and shame around making mm. money, shame around selling ourselves and marketing, because that is what you think of. You think of the big businesses and the manipulative marketing techniques and all the times you were sold to and it didn't feel good. Yeah. And you don't realize that there's this whole other side of it where people are doing business from the heart space. They're sharing stuff because they're genuinely passionate about it. And yeah. the way I always try and encourage people who are like frozen around the idea of promoting themselves is to just remember that time you found something, usually for me it's on like this shopping tab on Instagram. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, this is for me. Yeah. And the excitement, you don't, you're not like, oh my God, an ad. You're like, my yeah. God, this ad is I here. I need
1: that. I want yeah, to Yeah, and know.
0: it's just, it's a wonderful feeling. And actually selling and marketing is a really valuable service, but it's not been painted that way for an awfully long time.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a, a heartfelt way to do it. Yeah. And you do it so well. Thank you. I've also got some questions that people on Instagram asked, so we'll do those as well. Um, I do want to uh, um, kind of round up with this idea of switching off and stepping away from your phone, that you are so good at what you do online. Um, When one is so good and receives so much praise, how does one then step away from the adulation and do the dishes?
0: Oh, no, I don't
1: I don't <laughs> do not the dishes. <laughs> Standing up, I can't do the dishes. <laughs> or make a
0: wreath. I, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I, I do say this a lot, that when you have a chronic health condition or something like anxiety or something mm. that makes it difficult for you to possibly leave the house as frequently as other people like to, this becomes your whole world. Like, it does. Yeah. And a lot of the time you, you hear these articles about Social media is bad for your health and how to have a digital detox and to spend less time on your phone. And they are very ableist because they're speaking to the people who can go and spend like all day at the park. Yeah. It's not oh, an option for me. That's
1: really insightful. Um,
0: that and so ableist. this is my social life. This is my work life. This is my overtime. But I do have places I go online that are completely removed from my work world. And there's a, a really clear divide where I'm like, no, that's enough. I've had my fill of yeah. inbox today. And off I go to somewhere like Reddit, where it's I'm completely anonymous, and I'm just yeah enjoying the craziness of whatever. Another
1: theory about what happened with Khloe Kardashian <laughs> that is and the cheating like that. scandal. <laughs> that's what that's what I Google. What subreddit is that? <laughs> <laughs> I give you a great podcast on some fan theories about it. Um, guys. Have you got any questions? That is me. Every time I move my head, I'm sorry. Is that earring, It's like, is it my. Do you know what? <laughs> what? I went to dancing in these earrings and like lost three teeth because you just. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, bad Worth You know it? what? Let's just come on. Let's sort it out. Thanks. for a commitment. Right. I appreciate it. I'll take it. out those. <laughs> right. Does anybody have any questions at all? Yes, lovely lady. Hi. Yes. Hi. What's your name? I'm Kim. Kim. Round of applause for Kim. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You should have ties with questions. That always motivates if you have, like, chocolate questions. Mm.
1: Oh, well, so she's, up, she's she stood so up on so her own I'm just wondering if you have any tips for someone who is, hasn't yet started their Instagram journey. So, literally, you don't even have I don't the don't account have, yet? I don't have the you account You don't even
0: yet. have an at. I mean... I would say step one is buy the book.
1: (laughs) I've got the book. Excellent,
0: you're well on your way. Step two is review the book on Amazon. (laughs) And then step three is to just rip off the plaster and do it. Like the great thing about when you're brand new is nobody has to watch. Nobody has to see what you're doing. And I think it's really tempting to get stuck in this idea of I've got to get it all ready and perfect and then have a grand unveiling. But instead it's way better to just be like, I'm going to... Jump on tomorrow, I'm just going to start posting what's interesting and see what works for you, see
1: what works for your audience and see what gains momentum. Mm. I would add to that, if I may, that I think it's really easy to get sucked into numbers of like, I just need my first 1,000 or I just need my ten, my first 10,000 for the swipe up. Don't be discouraged if you gain followers, lose followers, gain followers, lose followers, because that is your audience self-selecting. I don't want 50,000 people I don't give a shit. I want 25,000 people that really care. And so every time I lose a follower, that is no cause for, um, I've done nothing wrong except being myself, It's so, the, the audience is self-selecting. I want people there who are going to be there. So if that means two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, if that's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then... Um, For me, I love
0: that. I talk about it like panning for gold. So every time you post one of those, you're giving it a shake, and stuff's going to fall through. Yeah. But that's fine because that's just the dirt. (laughs) I mean, sorry guys. Um, And you want the sparkly gold stuff (laughs) to stay at the top. Yeah,
1: yeah, panning for gold. Is that what you're struggling with? Does that answer your question? I think so. I think maybe it's just being willing to make mistakes as well. Yeah. It's hard to get your head into. It's so freeing. Just like. Do it and be like, I can't wait for my first mistake. <laughs> because what a rite of passage. When I teach my writing courses, I'm like, here's a table. Go and collect 10 rejections. That's your homework. And then you do it and you're like, oh, that's a rejection closer to the yes. Yes, know?
0: they are like stepping stones. There's a really yeah. amazing quote from Ira Glass. If you go on YouTube, you can like hear him saying, and he calls it the gap. And it is the gap between when you start and you've got a good enough taste to know what it is you want to be oh, creating yes. at the end result but you have to get through this gap of kind of sucking and not making the stuff you want to be making and seeing why it's not good enough and there is no shortcut all you can do is work your way through the gap and the sooner you get started the sooner you get to the other side he says it more articulately though
1: <laughs> every time you try and sit down we say something else. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to Just sit down <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you More question. Who else can we make stand up for a prolonged amount of time? Can we go? Um, oh, one of the speech therapy ladies. <laughs> are you are you about to go? Was it you that ate my turkey sandwich? Hi, Hayley. <laughs> um, my question's a bit related to that. And do you think that any subject can work for an Instagram account? I'm like the lady there who doesn't have an account, but things that I'd like to say and my View from the outside is that it's all about lifestyle and nice lifestyle, but is that really the
0: case? No, it absolutely. There is space for everything, and I would say everything is already happening there, right down to the illegal stuff, which I'm pretty sure Hayley's I mean, not looking I, that's to That's what I was. I
1: was. <laughs> my my old housemate dated a guy who had a foot fetish Instagram.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that wasn't exactly what I was thinking. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but if you would just show more me your left that. foot, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> It's all. It's all. It was a moneymaker. I mean, because how many people on there? I can never keep numbers in my head, but there is a ridiculous million number of people on Instagram. And what are the odds that there's no one on there that's going to like the same stuff as you? There's always a community for everything, and that's what's so amazing about the internet is that it builds. It gives you a chance to find these niche communities of things. Topics that wouldn't be mainstream enough to kind of get attention and get traction if you were just trying to do it in one locality. But because you can extend it to the whole world, you're always going to find the other people that like what you're doing Mm. and probably need to hear it. If if you're not finding it, there's probably lots of other people looking for it and not finding it too. I will do
1: it. Or they don't even know that they want it until they come across it. Which sounds like I'm talking about the football <laughs> Which I'm not. But like, I know from my own Instagram usage, the more I use it and the more that I, like, I make friends, and then I didn't know I was interested in that thing, and, and actually I am, and um, it, it, your own interest evolves as well, I think. Totally. Yeah. Add me. I want to know what it is. <laughs> Thank you, Hayley. Can we go here? Lady in the Hoops. You. Yeah, that's you! Um, I mean, you've probably achieved more than you were even expecting
0: to achieve, but I was wondering if you have any dreams or ambitions of things that you want to achieve in the future, personal or for your business as well.
1: Yeah, that's a great
0: question. Uh, a good question. I was thinking about this quite recently, actually, because I'd pretty much ticked off all the big ones on my list except owning a Tame Crow, which but, what? You know, like
1: a crow that's tame. it still on there, that one. Oh. <laughs> so I did hear it right the first time. Yes. <laughs> is, is that not on your. No. Uh, no, but no. now that she said
0: it, it will be of interest to me because that's how it Check works. Check it out on YouTube. You're going to want one. Sure. Um, so, no, it is a really good question. I have kind of immediate goals, the next things I want to do. Um, will you tell us? Well, there's another book. There's another book I want to write that's already kind of coming out. It's in my head, not, yeah. not in stores. Um, it's more of a business book slash memoir. Um, Which your story is fascinating and people want to know. Well, that's one of the questions I've had about this book is like, okay, when are we getting the business stuff? So yeah. it's good that other people are on the same page as me. Mm-hmm. All the book puns. Um, and there's another e-course, I think. But beyond that, I don't know yet. Um, If it all ends tomorrow, I'm happy because I've done more than I ever expected. And then I've got more time for my tame crow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A tame crow? I mean, how big are these birds? They're
0: they're really big and they're really, like... Vicious. Well, they're just mean. So they're like, they'll steal your phone and put it in the toilet and... They're
1: just naughty. I like the no- I've always liked the naughty ones. Sure, <laughs> sure.
0: It's Nanny McPhee. I don't know if anyone's ever watched that. Yeah. She's got a crow? <laughs>
2: yeah, she's got a crow and it's a bit naughty. And <laughs> They are. They mean,
0: they're kind yeah.
2: of bastards, basically. <laughs> 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 Sorry to the
1: crow community out there. <laughs> yeah.
2: Thank, yeah. You Thank, you. Thank you very um, much. So I am a yoga teacher Every other person now is a yoga teacher or in the health and wellness industry, you turn and you're like, hi, I'm a yoga teacher, like, yeah, yeah, me too. So it's sort of I trained as a yoga teacher. (laughs) 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 And you know, it's fabulous. And of course, the more people that get into health and wellness um, is incredible, because why would you not want the benefits of that? But it's how do you how do you present yourself as something different, you know. That's what stops me from posting, because I don't want to be just your average, you know, yoga teacher. But at the same time, you need to stay authentic to yourself. So that's what stops me really from going, actually, I need to just...
0: It's interesting that you said then you want to be authentic yourself, but you don't want to just be an average yoga teacher. Because that kind of sounds like you think you're just an average yoga teacher. And I don't think that's going to be true. Mm -hmm. Like... It's about digging really deep into you and really appreciating what makes you special and what makes you unique. And it's not always something we're taught to do. It's not always something that comes very easily, especially, I think, as women. But deep down, you already, I think, will know exactly what makes what you do special and what makes your classes different and what makes your style of teaching different. And rather than trying to think of content that makes you stand out, just leaning heavily into exactly who you are is going to make all of that automatically come out in everything you're creating.
2: Yeah, I think quite a lot of times you think yoga teachers are this enlightened being that is, but you've got to be realistic about it. You know, we're humans. We do like a beautiful glass of rose or red or white. Thank you, Merlot wine. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, you know, it's. I think it's just about finding the balance. You know. Yeah. Well, maybe that's where you need to start.
0: That's the conversation that's maybe not happening enough. Can I add something to that? Please. Can
1: you imagine if you said no? No. (laughs) This is about me, Laura. But so, like, I did all right on Instagram, and then Instagram stories started, and I fought it for ages, and then I did it, and now I get the engagement of somebody with an account four times the size of mine. Thank you very much. So I write books. So I could be on talking about books because that's why I'm here, like buy my book, buy my book. And then one day I'll like talk about my new spray mop that I got on Amazon for 20 quid, just in passing. And before you know it, you've got 800 DMs from people talking about your bloody spray mop. (laughs) And then you go, oh, actually, you know, I can just talk a bit more about my life. Like... What I would say is, don't look at what anybody else is doing. Half the people I follow are muted on Instagram stories. Like, I'm just not interested because it muddies the waters. And then my audience are in my inbox telling me what they want. If I do, like, I just got drunk on Royal Gym with my mum when Meghan Markle (laughs) got married. And I'm, like, doing a little... Um, I'm just telling people, like, Oprah's there and Serena Williams is there. And then everyone's like, oh, are you going to do Eugenie's weddit, bless her. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> did But, that. like, people are in my inbox telling me what they want, but only by definition of me... Showing up as a, trying as a stuff out. fully functional human being, yeah. and yeah, c- go and collect some failures and along that. the
0: way. Yeah, it's yeah, like that's the beauty of the internet is you're collecting data constantly. Yeah, like the reason I knew that my Instagram content was the stuff people most wanted to hear about from me was because every time I posted a blog about Instagram, my traffic was like quadrupled to my blog. So then you're like, okay, well I'll do another one of them then, and one yeah. turns into a series, and then it turns into the next thing. So You have that that two way connection with the audience that if you were to just open a shop on the street, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have that feedback. Oh, me and
1: my advertising companies pay fortunes for focus groups and we've all got them in our phones. Like the other side to that though is to not be too led, I guess,
0: by what your audience wants. Yeah. Good side. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because it's a fine line, isn't it? When you can then end up kind of pandering and just delivering to whatever, like, oh, that gets more likes. I've got to keep going down that. Yeah, route. you can't do it. Yeah, so I suppose
1: that's why I refer to Instagram stories. But I suppose comments works the same, doesn't it? About just what gets people excited, yes. and that's usually more than one thing. Yeah, could be crows and toes. <laughs> Oh, should we finish on that? (laughs) Shoot, we're so done. (laughs) Um, I do think we've got time for one more question. If you, lady at the, I mean, that's it. Hi, what's your name?
2: Kelly. Kelly.
1: Kelly's my neighbour. What's your name? (laughs) Robin, and I don't think we did Robin. Robin, tell
2: me. So well. well done on the book, Sarah. Thank you. I'd also like to, I'd, I'd like to ask you, who inspires you or what inspires you? Right. So as a,
1: maybe a female person who inspired your life or your creativity or kind of, you know, your depth, where you've come from, you know, like some people say, like, my mum's inspired me or my family or something, but you've got so much and you've brought so much to you and your daughter and, you
2: know, where does it all come from? That's, that's what I'd like to know. question.
0: I feel like this is probably going to tell you an awful lot about me <laughs> when I say this, that I'm, I've am i been a Tori Amos fangirl for most of my life. Very good. Um, yeah, like right from kind of, I borrowed one of her CDs from the library as like a 15-year-old because I couldn't afford to buy them and that was it. And so yeah. I still probably don't go a day without listening to one of her albums. So that's probably a pretty big inspiration. I also, like it's all music-based, so there's a folk singer called mm. Arnie DeFranco who saw that, She was being approached by lots of record labels, the big record labels but saw all the problems with the kind of male-led American music industry and so went and set up her own record label at a time when kind of the internet didn't exist and she had no resources to do it and now she's absolutely killing it. So women like that, I suppose, women who've, it always starts with creativity, but then they build something around it
1: Mm. and use the tools available to them. Mm. And how interesting that you would say music, like a cross-medium creativity that like you don't have to stay in your creative pool to find inspiration. I write, but I never write better than on the days that I've cooked, because I've engaged my creativity. I've just done it in a different way. Cross cross media. Yeah, I it's all firing the kind of the
0: right neurons, I suppose, isn't it? And sometimes that thing you said earlier about not muddying the waters, like if you go and get inspiration from somewhere completely removed from the place that you're in, there's no fear of comparison. There's no kind of Am I copying what's copying, what's borrowing, what's inspiration? You're going somewhere else completely and then kind of bringing it over to your own work to make it mean. And that's how I think you stand out as well, because you're not consuming exactly the same content as everyone else.
1: That is, uh, I just listened to Elizabeth Day's How to Fail podcast with Raven Smith, funniest man on Instagram. And he talks about there's no such thing as high culture and low culture. It's all culture. It's all happening at the same time. Consume what interests you, and you will connect dots in a way that yes, nobody else yes. can. And that's what makes you unique and have something to say. Totally agree. We're done. So- we're done. We're um, done. It's hashtag authentic book. Do leave an Amazon review. <laughs> and in 54321, I'm going to invite you to give a very loud round of applause mm-hmm. for Sarah Tasker. 54321. <laughs>
0: Some quick show notes for this episode are going to be at meandola.co.uk forward slash podcast 67, and I'll also link, of course, to all of Laura's brilliant books and her new upcoming book, which I believe is available for pre-order, Our Stop, which is a romantic comedy fiction. If this sounded like fun to you and you might be interested in coming along to a future live podcast recording, the best thing to do is hop on my mailing list at meandola.co.uk, stick your name in any of the boxes on there. send out emails whenever we plan any of these events we have two upcoming dates that we haven't put on sale yet they're going to be in london and bristol and potentially another northern venue so if any of that sounds like fun to you make sure you're on the mailing list and then you'll be able to snack a ticket as soon as they go on sale i want to thank you all so much for listening huge thank you to the amazing group of people who came along to the recordings and i hope you have an awesome week